0: Hey everyone, back today to talk about something, hopefully, good. And amidst a situation in which there is just so much bad out in the world, which we're seeing and grappling with, which I think we rightfully should be doing, and we rightfully should be grappling with, trying to make sense of, and also, honestly, doing our best to actually fight and deal with and embrace. We should embrace the bad. Yet, here in this podcast, I want to talk about something that has to do with good, which ultimately, I think, in some way, has a great deal to do with what we're currently seeing in the world. So, the essential question to this podcast, which I'm really going to try to answer on a number of levels, is, what should we do to make people happier in society? I understand this is a massive question. This is a question which we have not been able to deal with well. In fact, perhaps one could say that we've ventured further away from happiness as the development of the world has persisted. I'd say over recent years, with the greater flow of ideas throughout the world, more people have been able to achieve greater happiness. Yet for a large period of history, especially through industrialization and increasing gaps between rich and poor and the development of civilization, the ability to develop societies with a foundation of happiness for all individuals wasn't there. And I think that that base is probably still not there for us. That base is still needing greater development, although I do think that we are starting and we're making strides, however small they may be, I do believe that we are making progress in this area. But with all that being said, I want to take the time here in this podcast to really talk through some different strategies that I've thought of that have come up in my own conversations and have come up in a number of reflections that I've had in terms of how we can make people happier in society. So number one for me is, We don't know what happiness is, and we're not taught what happiness is. And in order to have a better grasp of happiness, we need to be taught what it is in the first place. I've had a number of conversations with my parents in which they've both told me that, growing up in school, in their homes, and with their friends, the topic of happiness, what it means to be happy, and what it it means to live a meaningful and fulfilling life, was never discussed, was never brought up, and it was never the point of emphasis. And when I take a step back and think about that, it makes me question society and what our values are. Everyone says that they want to be happy, they want to live a good life, they want to live a happy life, they want to have contentment. But where is that valued in what we do, how we carry ourselves, What we talk about, what we teach, what we emphasize. And the sheer fact is it's not there. When you look at curriculums in schools, we get math, science, history, literature, grammar, foreign languages, art, music. We get so many of these subjects, which are technical, and areas of discipline. Yet we don't have any courses or classes or even time in a number of our curricula which are specifically devoted to teaching people about happiness. We don't learn nor hear about what happiness really is. We don't have any conceptions of it. We don't have any discussions of it. And sadly, research on the topic of happiness does not come up in school. And if you do not study psychology, then you will likely not even get it in undergrad. And if you're not studying psychology in graduate school or beyond, you're likely not getting it there either. Unfortunately, with the advent of podcasts and such This dialogue is increasing in its discussion and how often it's discussed and in the level of conversation that we're getting. But it is certainly not to the level that we need and it's certainly not at a point of a place where we can truly take steps forward in terms of our overall happiness as an aggregate of individuals within a society, it's not there and it's not where it should be, as I will likely echo throughout this podcast and have echoed leading up to that statement. So, we need to teach people, especially from a young age. The topic of happiness, the science of happiness, and also the art of happiness needs to be something that is discussed in schools in parent education circles, and in every single home. It's something that should be discussed in politics. It's something that should be discussed as a prime outcome of economics. Because currently it is not. And it never has been. And if we're going to go somewhere in terms of making people happier or helping them to get happier themselves, we need to take those steps. To implement it into all of our public fora. All of these forms in which individuals are gathered in the sphere of education to learn. And happiness is just like any other concept. It needs to be learned. It is not just a natural thing which exists and spontaneously creates itself. It is something that is built. It is something that we have to work on. Sure, we can have momentary moments of positive emotion. We don't truly understand happiness as a society and as individuals. There are a number of individuals who do understand happiness, who live happy lives, who utilize that understanding of happiness to guide themselves. Yet there are others who do not. So, yes, principle number one teach people what happiness is, especially in educational settings, no matter what educational setting it is in. It should be in all disciplines, it should be something which is discussed from an early age all the way throughout all educational spheres whether it be education of youth in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, colleges, or later parent education, in which parents can do programs. There can be professional development in all workplaces that have to do with happiness. Second, consistent training for psychological professionals. The thing which I'm seeing so quickly is that psychological professionals All the way up through the year 2000, and the early 2000s, before Martin Seligman became the president of the APA and really brought the movement of positive psychology to light, clinical psychologists focused on the dark side of mental health. They focused on how to get people from doing poorly and doing bad and being on the negative side of the normal curve into the middle. How can we get them to be doing okay? And yes, that is a majorly noble effort. That is something which we need and is a service to society which is so needed and should be esteemed so highly. Yet, this is not where most people are. And it is not happiness. Getting people to be okay is not happiness. You can get people from bad to okay, but in order to be happy and fulfilled and live a meaningful life, you have contentment and deep happiness... You need to go from okay to good, okay to great, good to great. Those steps need to be taken. And if most psychological professionals now who are working and operating grew up in a system where the negative side of the mental spectrum was emphasized and taught and the amount of knowledge about well-being, flourishing, positive psychology and happiness wasn't yet fully developed or wasn't yet to a point where these clinical psychologists would have been learning about these principles to utilize in their practice then of course when they're in their practice when they're interacting with clients when they're doing their work nobly and well at that they're missing half of the entire picture And to no fault of their own. To no fault of their own. They didn't decide what was taught to them in their programs. They didn't decide how the field of psychology developed itself. They didn't decide how all of this played out. So we need consistent training for psychological professionals who have been trained earlier or in programs where the more clinical negative side of mental health was discussed and emphasized, for them to gain a better picture of happiness and a better understanding of happiness and strategies to be happy, education of how to help people understand happiness and develop it for themselves. There are plenty of clinical psychologists who do a great job at getting people out of Darker places, struggles, psychological phenomena. And diagnoses. That is their specialty. They do a phenomenal job at that. And those roles are needed. And on top of that, we also need a greater role and a greater discussion around... How to have psychological personnel who are trained around the concept of happiness and not just mental health. It is not just preventing the bad things, it is also promoting the good things and how to help individuals promote the good things for themselves and their lives that are meaningful, positive, content. That is what we need and this consistent training for psychological professionals around the concept of happiness. What happiness is, how they should conceptualize it, how they could talk about it with their clients effectively, how they can promote it, the different behaviors that they can help implement through their environment or through different practices that they can help encourage their clients to do. These are things that need to be done. And if these professionals have not learned or have no protocol for having this consistent training around happiness, what it is, and all of these practices about which I'm discussing, then, clinically, we will not take steps forward. Sure, we will continue to do a good job and probably continue to do an even better job, hopefully, with the negative side of the spectrum. But as we know about normal curves, the further you go along sides of an extreme are the less people there are. And as you go further into the middle of the curve... You find more people, and lots more people. So how can we dig into the middle of the curve and help those people? And this leads to my third point. We need to develop an understanding as a society of the difference between mental health and mental well-being. Mental health has to do with that negative side of the curve about which I was just discussing. The diagnoses, the clinical applications the older way of looking at psychology and and the what's wrong with you approach. So we need to be able to have that and yet reconcile it with the other side, which is so vital, pivotal, and to my opinion, missing from our society, missing from our dialogue, missing from our public forums. And that is mental well-being. What is happiness? What is contentment? What are different thoughts and thinking and research practices and philosophy from history around well-being and what it means to live a good life, what it means to live a great life, what it means to flourish, what it means to live well, what it means to be happy and to be content. We need to create a difference between these two in the public sphere and it needs to become common knowledge. These differences need to become common knowledge. And we need to start discussing them more and debating them more and having more critical conversations around the topic of happiness. To find truth, to further our knowledge, to further our research. And this leads me into my final point. This should be subsidized. This should be significantly supported by our governments across the world, especially here in the United States. Happiness, how happy, content, and meaningful people find their lives, the amount of fulfillment they have, all of that research into it the application of it the learning of the effectiveness of those applications trying different program implementations changing systems helping individuals who are at greater disadvantages of becoming happier based on the research all of that and the increase of our knowledge of that should be a source of investment it should be a place into which people want to invest their money, especially the federal government. When you think about what public goods and public services the federal government provides to its people, they have to do with helping them to live better and to put themselves in better places, whether that be physically, mentally, even in the past, oftentimes spiritually, there's now a lack of federal investment into happiness and into developing happiness and contentment within society, into helping individuals from all backgrounds understand what happiness is, understand the concepts of well-being, understand the differences between mental health and mental well-being, understand different philosophies and research, In the field of happiness and contentment. And well-being and mental health. The investment. There is a dearth. It does not exist. I don't want to say it does not exist, but it certainly feels like it. When you look in our schools, when you look in our elementary schools or middle schools and our high schools. How often is happiness discussed? How often... Are all of the different factors associated with happiness discussed? Especially in contrast to. Succeeding academically. And when we take a step back. And we look at society as a whole. When we look at individuals who. Struggle. Mentally. Individuals who. Commit atrocities. Individuals who. Or negative participants in society. Who bring society down rather than up. Is there perhaps a commonality amongst all these people? Yes, of course. There are certain neurobiological things there. Different things with genetics. Different things with diagnoses. Which were out of those person's controls. No matter the environments in which they found themselves. However, we also have to consider the role of the environment, the importance of the environment, and also our inability to say that we know certain things. And I believe that happiness is a place where we do not know enough. And if we are to take a venture into making people happier, into making people do better more, into making people have realizations that push them away from atrocious actions, into promoting violence and doing damage to society, both to themselves and to others. If we are to reach those sorts of goals for society, we need to invest into it. We need to educate people about what it is and how to achieve it. And yes, I realize it's totally complicated. I realize that it is something very difficult and very complex around which we have to wrap our minds. Yet, just because it's too complex doesn't mean that we shouldn't invest into it, doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to understand it, doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to promote the knowledge of it and the understanding of it in our greater society. You look at a field like physics or nuclear chemistry, These are things that are beyond complicated. These are things which are wildly mind-boggling. And these are things which receive tremendous amounts of investment. And yes, I understand that the understanding and the discovery of these fields of science can lead to tremendous more amounts of profit for a number of individuals, so therefore it is an investment because you will have a return on it. And understand the structure of that within capitalist systems. Yet when we take a step back and look at something like a fire department, or police department, or public library, these are investments as well. And on what return are we seeking? What are we looking for with these investments? We're looking for improving public good, preventing violence to individuals, preventing damage to individuals that could have been prevented if certain institutions and if certain structures were in place. And why can't we think about happiness the same way? Why can't we think about what it means to live well and to develop happiness within the aggregate of individuals of a society? Why can't we think about it that way? Why can we not think about happiness, the understanding of it, the investment into it, as a public good that is to be subsidized and pushed? If you take a step back and look at the education system, you say, why are we teaching math? Why are we teaching history? Why are we teaching art? Why are we teaching music? Why are we teaching foreign languages? Go all the way down the list. If you have answers to those questions and then compare those answers to the question of why teach happiness and look at the answer to that, I think that we would marvel at the priority and the prioritization that we would put of all of those different topics in a list. And I think if we took a step back, all as individuals, we would realize of all the things that we want, to be good at math, to have an understanding, to understand science, to have a good grasp of literature, to be able to speak a foreign language, to be able to paint or draw or appreciate art, to be able to play music and to appreciate and listen to it. If we compared all of these things, to happiness itself and our desire to be happy and what happiness can bring us then I think we'd realize that the thing that we're not teaching, the thing that we're not investing into would be the thing that we would push all the way up that list it would be the thing which we wished we talked about the most and if we looked at the oldest people in our societies if we looked at the people on their deathbeds the people who have gone through the most for us they would all likely say that a topic very high up their list in terms of importance and priority would be happiness. Understanding happiness. Understanding the principles behind happiness. Understanding the different philosophies and ways to become happy and how to implement them in one's life. They would consider this be one of the most important things which could be taught and which should be taught so I'll leave it there what should we do to make people happier in society that was my answer and I hope that you found this to be insightful meaningful important to talk about And I hope that you talk about this with a friend. You bring it up with a family member. Because honestly, this is one of the topics which I am most passionate about. It's something which I come back to over and over and over again in conversations and find myself saying the same things over and over again without seeing any changes in society. And that brings me sadness. And it brings me an unfortunate negative feeling, which I would personally not like to experience. And I think that all of us would agree that we don't want to experience these feelings. We don't want to say, I wish, I wish, I wish, when we get to the end of life, when we could have done something now, when we could have implemented certain things now, when we could have done things to make people happier in society. So talk about it, start a conversation, do something. Because we can, we all can. And this is something that can help everyone, every single one of us. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the podcast, give it a rating, give it a comment on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It would mean the world to me, as always. And I hope that this passionate discourse uh, helped to earn that. As always, much, much love. Please take care of yourself. Perhaps someone else. And I'll be back soon. Cheers.